one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. With one room explored, there's still much more of the Ogarek to uncover. But as it turns out, our adventurers aren't the only ones here. Negotiations are made, union guidelines are cited, and fruit is offered. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory encounter those who have also come here to investigate. You all left off on a disc that seemed to rise into the air with every question that you asked and descend back down with every answer given. You'd floated up a couple feet, trying to determine the extent of the elevation of this platform. And off in the distance, you see four creatures, four beings, flying towards you. Gray in color, long wings with talons at the end, curved, hooked beaks extending at strange angles coming off of its face, and four limbs, each with a nasty-looking hooked claw at the end. I'm going to say that when it comes to abhumans, you have enough understanding of the types of beings that are common to this area that you'll know what these are. These are capramags. I forgot they were abhumans. They oh. are abhumans. These are abhumans. And I will say that, although you might not know a whole lot about their social structure necessarily, you know that they have an interest in Numenera. What that interest is, you might not fully have a comprehension of, but you know that that is something that they have shown interest in. And like most abhumans, they are, you know, probably like neutral to hostile to us. It's unlikely yes. that they're friendly. There are very few abhumans that are outright cooperative or friendly out the gate with humans. You are a handful of feet up in the air on this disc and you see them coming in towards this open area that you're on. This room that once maybe had walls and no longer does. Hey guys, I think we, um... There's a Capramax coming in and I don't think they have a fruit basket for us. We should probably get back inside, maybe. Are you 100% sure they don't have fruit? I'm going to go ahead and call it a solid 90%. Okay, base is covered. I have been wrong before. Is there anything else that I see while I'm up here? You see that in the foliage... There is some tubing kind of intermixed with the tree branches that is moving a pale, opaque liquid. And in some places, this, these tubes have like cracked, maybe under the pressure of the branches growing around it, or maybe just over time. And the liquid has been dripping out of it into the tree in certain areas. And this is giving off a kind of like sonic, subsonic hum. Hmm. Something that you almost feel rather than you hear. Do I have, like, a small jar or something I can maybe put yeah. some of this liquid in? Yeah, I will take that and put a couple of drops in there. For sure. For science. You scoop it up, and it's, although the color's different, the material's familiar. Is this our non-Newtonian fluid? 
It is. Oh yeah. This is what the um, the central part of the structure is made out of. Back in Lagom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Or at cool. least what that orb is filled with. Right. All right. It's not weird at all. Um, yep. I stop her the jar, and then I get back onto the disc, and I will just start giving it all of the answers to the life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> 42. He just starts chanting the number 42. We don't know why it works. It just does. But it does. But now, like, my name is Nehemiah. I live in Bagam. Yeah. You just start rattling yep. off answers to possible questions that could have been asked at some time. Yes. And slowly, inch by inch, every every question, two inches down, uh, and eventually it kind of just settles back down into the little divot that was on the ground where you found it. The Capramags are much closer now. In fact, you can hear them talking to each other. You can't hear the words, but you can hear their voices. Mm, get back inside? Yes. Or do we want to... Okay. You go back through the door. Everything on you is once again cleaned instantly as you pass back through that threshold but the door remains open oh dear is there i forget is there some kind of control panel nearby is there it there is a microphone jory opened the door by singing the word heard deaf <laughs> one of the words in the song is silence do you remember the word for silence i do no. <laughs> I, I I think you had the translation there, but I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna yeah. You're gonna wing it. I'll I'll will sing silence then, which is really kind of funny, but yeah. You sing the word, Dorame, and the door slides shut. The sound of silence. Oh boy. A <laughs> you finger guns. <laughs> you can hear uh, a little bit of like squawking voices on the other side of the door. No, again, you're not making out words and it doesn't sound like they're necessarily following you. I do not like that. No, I imagine we would not want to deal with them unless we absolutely have to. Right. So what if we brought them a fruit basket? That would be good, but we... I, I did not bring a basket with me, and our rations are a little lean at this point. Well, we could find some Numenera and oddities, and yep. Smallhorn has just the most devious grin on her face. She is doing this exclusively to mess with Nehemiah, and can tell that Jory has no idea that's what she's doing. I'm looking around still thinking about fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I've started to realize that my my answer to everything is just to feed it treats until it likes you or thinks you're you're like a a god, and then just hope it works. So so you are back in the main cylindrical room. As a reminder, there is that central domed membrane in the top with a ring of controls around the outside. There are two other doors: one at seven o'clock and one at twelve o'clock. In just kind of general relation, so you have an idea of what door is what. And above you, you can kind of hear this mechanical slithering. Oh, that's right, I did hate that. And all sound in this room is amplified ever so slightly. Smallrin is going to take out the pencil, charcoal, whatever that she uses to write in her mentor's notebook. Uh, and mark the door that we know contains clawed things. You put a a mark just to the side of the little microphone screen grate thing. <laughs> I you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah no, it's, like, it's, it's a little like little, like metal grate. That yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I have a good mental image of it. Whether or not I can <laughs> I can verbalize that is a different story. <laughs> well, uh, the only reason that might be problematic is because this is a podcast. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> what would you like to do? That's a really open-ended question. <laughs> what do you want to do that doesn't involve fruit? Not a lot, as it turns out. <laughs> but I feel like opening one of the other doors might be an idea because... I'm thinking that probably makes a lot of sense. Yep. Eighty, mini, miny, Ooh. Mo? question 
from inside the room we were just in, since it was so open, like the side, when Nehemiah was up on the platform, was he able to see like along the surface at all? Was he able to see if there were other rooms within view that were similarly cracked open? There was some, he wasn't able to get high enough to necessarily see what was in it, but there is some sort of chamber or room or something above this one. Gotcha. Okay. But it, it seems unlikely that any of the other doors in this space would lead into a room where the clawed things could get to us. Correct. There was no other direct connections to that room that seemed to have been cracked open. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, uh, Jory, go mm-hmm. wild. <laughs> Pick a number. Odds or evens? Odds. Odds? Okay. Uh, well, uh, one is an odd, and so there I we guess we'll, we'll just we'll start there. Keep moving around. On the left. Okay, so we will go into the seven o'clock door. You go up to the door, and this one... This door is also shut, but if you if you look above it, the green light that you had gotten to illuminate on the other one mm-hmm. is already lit. Aww. You get the sense that this is a lock of some sort. So it is unlocked. Okay. I don't think I need to sing heard and enter this so we can just find a peek through if we want so as you approach it it starts to slide up and as soon as it opens even a crack you hear amplified sound pour out you hear mechanized movements and clicking guttural sounds that do sound like language or communication of some sort and a human voice that's muttering and whimpering uh and the door continues to slide open. Uh. Uh, spear out. Yeah, I'm gonna ready you my forearm blade. Uh. I can shut the door, I think. Are we good? Do we wanna. Yeah. I think someone's in trouble in there. Okay, we might as well see what's going on. I back up a bit <laughs> and get my staff out. Yeah, I feel like Nehemiah should be in the front. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I am at the head. Is there. Like a, a field like there was with the with the other door? It doesn't seem like there is. Alright. So we can see in as it's opening. As it's opening, yes. Okay, this is going to be messy then, because we're not going to get a clean. <laughs> it opens up, and inside, you see four creatures. You see these biologic automatons almost with a long curved neck ending in a strangely almost somewhere between insectoid and reptilian face long oddly angular limbs knees that bend backwards and a rib cage that is more hunched than it is upright and hips that tilt forward. And don't lie. Thank you. The the hips absolutely do not lie. (laughs) They all have some sort of weapon. Three of them have their weapon trained on a scared and kind of pathetic looking human who is sitting amongst an array of different pieces of technology and Numenera and mechanical parts muttering to themselves, trying to desperately put things together. The one that does not have a weapon trained on that individual turns towards you. And the one that has its weapon trained on you gives that same kind of, like, mechanical, guttural, clicking noise that that comes out of its mouth, almost like a machine trying to communicate with you. Is it anything I can... You don't recognize it. But it, it kind of, like, has a ray emitter type weapon that it kind of just like shoves at you I will kind of in I will mirror gesture with my spear and I will shout to the person on the ground you alright I mean clearly not but (laughs) how bad are you and the 
person, the person turns around and you see that although they are rugged looking with dark leathered skin, it is clear that they are really on edge and kind of frantic right now, constantly blinking and, and trying to focus on what's going on. And he goes, uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not okay. Uh, no, I, I kind of like winces as one of the automatons around it pokes him with the blunt end of a spear, maybe? Uh-uh, no, bad, stop it. The one that has its weapon pointed now at Nehemiah, again in a very robotic voice, says, This one is doing a um, task for us. What business have you here? Something about this structure. We live near something similar. We're trying to learn. Then you can learn elsewhere. You are not needed here. No, I'm pretty sure we're gonna stick around until they're until this gentleman's done with uh with its job. And you might be waiting a long time. It's already been working for days. And what? have you allowed him any food or water in that time? We've brought a few rations. And is he being properly compensated? He's being compensated with his life. Mm. He's already got that. Without it being taken. Well, that's just rude. That isn't so much compensation as it is coercion, which, as you know, goes... And she... Uh, Smallrin starts... <laughs> opens the book and starts reading out a tangle of basically legalese. And she has... She basically has uh, the equivalent of, like, the like union guidelines for some <laughs> some industry somewhere in the world but she has their their union guidelines of what is uh what is owed to a worker in return for their work good these rules have no meaning to us nor are we held to them well you see when you involve a human in your business then you are held to them all humans are entitled to these what she said <laughs> Can you roll me some sort of persuasion, please? <laughs> yes, I can. This is going to be level four. Level four. I am trained in persuasion, and I am going to spend for a point of effort. That is a success with a ten. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> Do these rules hold true? If the work he's doing is... Of his own consequence. It's not so much tied to the work as it is to the human doing it. If he is human, then he is entitled to compensation for any work he undertakes. Even if it is he and his kind that made the mess that exists here. Yes. Who, who better to work it out, then? Very well. And this quasi-humanoid automaton thing reaches into like a, a bandolier that it has, pulls out a handful of shins and just throws it <laughs> at the human. Um, Are you satisfied? No! Stop poking him! <laughs> <laughs> what what work needs to be done? The parts you see stood in front of us as one of our comrades. Oh. Ah. Now I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that puts a, a, a picture together, at least. What happened? Those like you, looking around, claiming to learn, taking things, came into this room where we were, attacked, destroyed us. We acted in turn. And this one here, being left... Had a mechanical inclination. And we will not let him leave. Alright. Until he puts back together what was taken apart. At least you'll have that option. Uh, has he had any success so far? He's been at it for days. And has he had any success so far? <laughs> <laughs> I would say no. Take a look. This poor human kind of just, like, looks up from the pieces that are strewn about it looks like he's put together some stuff based on the anatomy of the creatures he sees around him but it's like skeletal at best 
Sure. This is clearly technology beyond his ken. Mm-hmm. And is now just kind of like blinking and looking around and trying to make sense of exactly what is about to happen here. So are we. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to turn back to the other two. I don't suppose either of you know anything about this kind of... No, this is, this is really a Rufus kind of situation, isn't it? I mean, Being... I can take a look through my notes, but they tend to be a little more esoteric, not dealing so much with beings of this kind. I mean, are we, we're decided we can't leave them here, right? Like, this, I, I, this I, is I think so. messed. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hand up. Just, I'm going to check on him real quick, all right? Make sure that he is still functioning properly. You don't get a response verbally, mm-hmm. but this creature kind of takes half a step to the side. Weapon still trained on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm going to walk on up and take a knee. How you doing, man? Oh, not, 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 not great, not great. No, this is less than ideal. What's your name? Molly. Molly. <sighs> My name's Nehemiah. That's Jory. That's Smallren. I'm going to try and get you out of here. I was going to say, please don't leave me here. We're not leaving here without you, all right? Okay, thank you. We, thank you. We may have to, like, poke around, see if we can find... What do you know about this place? Not not much. Um, I was a part of a scavenging party, uh, adventuring party, however you want to put it. Um, sure. We got in here and started looking around. This was the first door we opened. The rest of my group was either killed or scattered. I have no idea what they did with the other bodies. Oh, so they... These guys won. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm here doing this. Okay. I I thought the other folks just left you here. Okay. That's... Oh, no, 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 no. Um, there, <laughs> there, are some, there are some who probably did escape. I don't think they got all of them, but um, I, we, 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 uh, we were a group of, like, uh, six. Mm. Not to be, not that this is going to change anything that we're going to do, but did you attack first? Yeah. I mean... Until it started talking, I was about ready to run in with my spear. So, you know, we, you know I, I get that. Is it functioning properly? Can you step away now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how long have y'all been here? A number of days. No, I'm like, you folk. How long have you all been here? Since before this interaction? Yes. A week. Did you get stuck in this room? No. Where did you come from, then? The plains. <laughs> but it's not unheard of for there to be semi-sentient things left from prior worlds kind of wandering about with directives that no longer really apply to anything but are still followed through on. I see. So this seems to be more of it like a the automaton part that's doing something i see and these are like i said semi enough to like have conversations they're not necessarily capable of like true higher thought mm. I see. Is, the, is what you're getting is that they're having these conversations they know what they need they know what they want but there's not a whole lot of maybe sense of self so it's like if a, that makes sense it's one of those my responses are limited please ask the right questions bit. to a point okay. yeah they're, ca- they're capable of critical thought, sure. but not of... Um... Who am I? Right. The one here, Molly. He is having difficulty m- managing this particular conundrum that has been put before him. We have one that is back where we come from that I think would be better suited to the task. If you allow us to continue to explore... Release the one named Molly. You can come back to our home with us, and maybe the one back in our home might be able to help you out. Actually, quick question first. Are there more of you? We're the only ones here. I didn't say here. We're the only ones of our group. Where's the rest of you? There are four of us. 
Are there any other groups that you know of? Possibly. If they are, I know not of their locations or their missions. What is your mission exactly? Classified. Of course it is. Saw that coming. Are you a defensive or aggressive in your orders? Situation determines that. In general? I've answered your question. Foreign? Of what say? Let Molly go. And we will. you can come back with us to our home. Our, the individual that lives there, our engineer, they may be able to help you. If I may add, it doesn't seem as though what you're doing so far has done anything good. So perhaps a change in strategy. What can you do to guarantee your promise? You will be the ones that carry your comrades' parts. We will not hold them. We will not attempt to claim ransom or anything like that. You will travel with us. We will post two guards each night, one from your group, one from ours, to make sure that no treachery happens. And when we return, though we cannot guarantee that our engineer will be able to help, our engineer is the best we know at this sort of work, and if they cannot do it, no one can. We will let this one go into your care, but we will remain here. You will not exit the structure without us. Absolutely. Understood. We have an accord. Creature steps aside and does not talk or say anything out loud, but the other three in the room react as though it had said something. I'm going to use detecting falsehoods mixed with danger sense, mixed with okay. seeing past facades, mixed with... <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Jory can tell if people are lying. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm just looking for deception of any kind. Uh, Go ahead and roll. You're trained in it. It's a level four. I don't know what's going on. I'm thinking about fruit again. <laughs> <laughs> you rolled a four. <laughs> I will give you this. It does seem like their communication was present, even if something was not outright spoken. Okay. Great. They're telepathic. Goody. <laughs> well, they step aside and Molly kind of like nervously looks at them and looks to you and then kind of like stands up and starts walking forward. And as he stands up, he's actually cuts a pretty powerful figure, solidly built with a blue shirt, gray vest. And there is a lantern or Numenera, light giving Numenera, not a glow globe, something more hefty than that, attached to his belt. And he gets up and her, like, kind of just looks at you, like, are we leaving now? We actually do need to look around this place a bit more, but you're you're coming with us for the time being. Great. Can we at least get out of this room? Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks. And you guys turn and walk out. The creature... The automaton stands in the doorway and keeps you from shutting the door. Okay. okay. But does not follow you. That's fair enough. Well, uh, would you like uh, something to drink? That would be phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, Molly, you just, you, we'll, we'll set him up with some rations and Molly can kind of hang out here in the middle. <laughs> sit down, sit him down behind like a console so the robot yeah. can't see him. Yeah. You set him down, give him some food and and water. As he starts calming down a little bit, he kind of just relaxes and starts like looking around and actually being a little more present. Are you injured? Do we need uh... Uh, No, I I had enough time to take care of myself in there. I actually do have some skill in what they were asking me to do. Sure. But you probably don't have the tools necessary. Not the tools, and I'm not a physician. I know that sounds weird when talking about a creature made of technology, but... Uh, Clearly there's a biological I, element. I don't particularly know with the, what the toe bone is connected to, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> if, uh, for what it's worth, I wasn't... Um, 
I wasn't lying back there. It's like, come with us. I mean, do you have anywhere you need to be getting back to? Better question. At this point, probably not. They all probably assume I'm dead. Fair enough. Yes, I'm sorry uh, about your friends. That's okay. I... Let me rephrase that. It's not your fault. We, um, we live in a city called uh, Lagam. It's got a structure not wildly dissimilar to this one at the heart of it. Um, you can come back with us and you and uh, our buddy Rufus can put this back together. Hopefully. Alright. And if not, there's like like 20 guards there. So, you know, it'll hopefully go a little bit better if things break bad. Anything but being trapped in there. Yeah. Even just being out here is better. There's also Fahura. I feel like she might have insight. Again, anything's better than here. Anything's right. better than that room with those things. Well, we're, we we are kind of here on a mission, so we got to keep poking around a bit. I'll, but I'll I'll follow along. That's that's fine. I... You can stay out here if you want. Like no, you've I... had a day. <laughs> take take a nap. I've had several days. I I I know. Um, I actually am curious about this place. I. I, I'm a mechanic, for lack of a better term. Mm. I want to know what makes this thing tick. I'm curious. Oh. Uh, this stuff, and I'll take out the non-Newtonian humming fluid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> um, yeah. I would like, if I may, to roll danger sense and perception and detecting falsehoods <laughs> and piercing illusions and disguises and seeing past facades. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go ahead. On Molly, go ahead. That's fine. It's <laughs> pierce the mirror. <laughs> it's a level three. You are trained. Okay. Just covering our bases because it sounds like they were the aggressor. Like not mm -hmm. like personally this one, but their group. So I just oh, but their make... group. Fail again. Two extra fruit. Goodness gracious! One of those days. I would like to try rolling, basically using my espionage skill. Like, what kind of vibes am I getting? Am I getting, you know, devious liar vibes? Go ahead. Again, this will be, uh, oh, you can use espionage or you're trained. It's a level three. Right. I will spend for a point of effort. Success with a nine. Nice. I don't know, Jory, you're still thinking about fruit, maybe. Um... <laughs> I mean, they seem like they could use some, so I would be. Yeah, Jory's trying to decide what kind of fruit Molly would like best. Are you a cantaloupe person or <laughs> pomegranate, perhaps? Uh, Smallrin, the the vibe that you are getting from this person is indeed curiosity. He seems to be telling the truth in that sense. You do get the idea that there might be something else he's interested in, not just the inner workings of this structure. Oh, yeah. No one comes to a giant floating orb above a graveyard just for funsies. <laughs> you say you were part of a scavenging group. What were you looking for? It's not easy to get up here. We... We had some intel that there were some powerful artifacts here. Where did the intel come from? You must have well-connected friends. There's a lot of people that talk about the things you can find in the beyond. You have to piece together what you think is true. This was a risk. But we took it. Clearly didn't work out so well. Hmm. Sometimes it's just a question of having the right crew in the right place at the right time. Well, looks like none of those things lined up for us. Well... We're here now, and depending on whether what we need conflicts with what you need, we might be able to help. Possibly. You've already saved my life at this point, so you have my gratitude there. What about plums? <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had one. You know, I don't think I have either. <laughs> Jory, do you have any fruit with you at all currently? I don't, but I'm nervous. <laughs> I like that Jory's just listing off fruit that 
A, she doesn't have on her, and B, she like doesn't possibly doesn't even exist in the ninth world. I know. I'm just making up words as far as everybody else is concerned. Fruit is my coping mechanism, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's a sentence. <laughs> okay, well, do we want to try the next door? What's behind door number three? <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, is it unlocked? Is it green? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Nehemiah, lay down a beat. <laughs> <laughs> Just starts tapping the spear against the floor. Close enough. <laughs> Just as long as I don't think we're doing like a war hawker and they get all fussed in the britches. Are they wearing britches? The automatons? Yeah. Mechanical. No, they have no clothing. They have equipment and like things like that, but they they're not wearing clothing of any sort. Nude as the day they were constructed. Okay, I'll go up. I'm assuming there's a microphone like thing. There is. I will uh I will sing her Okay. Turns green and it opens up. Molly goes, What language was that? You know, I don't know. You know a language you aren't aware of? Yes. That's strange. Yes. You get used to it. No. (laughs) But thank you. That seems like a much easier way of opening these panels. I had to hack that other one. Ah. How very... Took me way too long. Skilled of you. I'm a mechanic. Okay. Uh, Does this one have the barrier? It doesn't seem like it, no. Okay. Does it make weird noises when it begins to open? There's no noises that you hear, no. Suspicious. I would like to roll perception in danger (laughs) sense. (laughs) Yes. Go ahead. Level four. Level four. Okay. That's the last one, I swear. I don't believe you. (laughs) No. Why would you promise something like that? This whole place is made of danger. It's true. And we gonna try and sense it. Passive danger sense running at all times. Um, <laughs> success with a 14. For sure. Your eyes adjust a little darker in this room. But Molly takes the light-giving Numenera off his belt and kind of like brings it up next to you so you can see inside. And you don't see anything moving. You don't hear any sounds. What you see is a curve, like the, the wall is curved, so it might be following the outside wall of the orb. And along that curve are a row of circular paths on the ground that are giving off a very faint glow. It's about six of them along the outside curve of this wall. And for a second, your danger sense like if you see something like a a shadow of something along this wall and you tense up for a moment and it's a looks like a person there's someone slumped against the wall with a cord coming from the back of the pad attached to the back of their neck basically like see if I can see more from this vantage point before we get closer see more detail of the person yeah yeah you see it is a human but definitely looks I will say definitely not this is this is not a person who is alive at this point but they are in bits of Numenera and it looks like they're wearing armor but it's not no it's not worn it's a part of them there are bits and pieces of things fused to their body you know that there are people who do this people who take grafts from things or take Numenera and fuse them to their flesh there are, for, for the, the, the sake of, of the game, there are two focuses. There is augments flesh with steel and grafts something to flesh. 
so there, there are people who will augment themselves with the technology or sometimes biology that they come across. This one is clearly a, a fuser, someone who takes technology and has put it on themselves. And they are slumped against the wall. There, it looks like there's a forearm blade of some sort fused to their arm, armor integrated into their body. Uh, without looking away from them, Smallrin just says to Molly, Did you have someone who used multiple fuses or grafts in your party? No. Uh, yes. Shoot. Sorry. He kind of, like, takes a second and, like, just hands his lantern to you, Smallrin? That's probably Gart. I was... I was their mechanic. I... I helped with their grafts. With their fusions. I need to sit down, I'm sorry. And he kind of, like, just steps out the door and, like, sits against the wall just outside. Do you... Not wanting to irritate uh, anything uh, sensitive, but do, do you know why they'd be connected to something? If there was technology, Gart wanted to be a part of it. See. So this might not have anything to do with those, um... Uh, things over there. I go into the room. I will approach Gart. Like, is there any... Are there any obvious wounds? No. Well... Aside from the gaping hole in them... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I was, um, was going to say, like, that's a, that's an interesting uh, head tilt you did there, right. uh, Z. <laughs> no, there's not. No, okay. not, it does not look like they lost a fight or anything like that. But you notice that this cord, this thing that's connected to the back of their neck. Each one of these pads has one of these cables, and it looks like it has like three prongs that kind of like latch into the base of the neck at the head, and it looks inflamed. Hmm. Like it's been in there too long, maybe. Maybe not too long. Almost like this was too much. Gotcha. And I just checking, not breathing, definitely dead. Definitely dead. Ah. But next to where this next to where this uh cord kind of like comes in and like latches on, like where it goes into the this glowing circular pad that Gart is sitting on, there are three buttons. Um there is a there is a boot. There is a sword, and there is a brain. <laughs> Small Wren? Small Wren comes in carrying the lantern. I explain everything that I was just shown. Yep. Uh, this definitely seems like your field. Cool. Smallrin is going to whip out those mentor notes. Mm -hmm. Seem to recall a section that might have something to do with this, she says, as she uh, rolls a level four difficulty with an asset. Awesome. Is this anything that I would have training in, or do I just have the asset from the book? I would just give you the asset from the book. This would be understanding Numenera. Right, which is not me. You know what? We're going to continue to spend for a point of effort because this seems important. <laughs> Ooh, failure with a three. There's unfortunately nothing in your mentor's notes that regard anything like this. Um, Do these symbols look similar to anything that we have seen recently? They look to be the same art styles, the pictograms on the controls that are a part of the that uh, domed membrane when you guys first came in. But not, they're not the same symbols. That's not the same language that Jory is now fluent in, correct? It It's not a language. They're just, They're pictures. just pictures. Okay. Yeah. So, 
boot, a sword, and a brain connected to a pad with a cord that connects into the base of the skull. Question. Yeah. The cords, are they designed to like be put into some sort of port or, or are they like bladed like they embed themselves in the skin? Yeah. At the risk of weirding myself out, Ooh. <laughs> it's a three-pronged cord, uh, sorry, cord with like a three-pronged claw at the end with a needle in the middle. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. It is designed for purely biological beings. They don't have to have any mechanical augmentation. Correct. This is incredibly matrix. It really is. Yeah. Let me find my surprise. (laughs) Hi, it's me. (laughs) Hi, hi, hello. This is a game being run by Zan. Oops. The Matrix didn't shape my understanding of of sci-fi and and dystopias as a young person. No. What are you talking about? Lies. Slander. At this point, Molly comes in, just breathing deeply. If you, if you want to search them, anything that isn't attached to them is yours. As a thank you for getting me out of that situation, I don't, I won't have any use for any of it, probably. All right. Is there anything you would be looking for? Uh, actually, they, if there's a, a glass box on, on their person, I'd like that. All right. You can keep sitting out there. Thanks. Um. Also, I, I think we didn't get to this room before we had the situation um, previously, mm-hmm. at least as a group. I'm assuming Gart got away and continued exploring, sounds like. If there was a chance for augmentation, they took it. I have a feeling that's what this might be. Yeah, it's it's looking like this is some kind of interface, um, direct. I, I will say they're... Um, they were, I guess the best word's greedy when it came to technology. Um, sure. Whatever those buttons are, they probably pressed all of them. In their defense, that is the best way to learn how something works. <laughs> Button, is mashing. It really, Button mashing. Button mashing. Because yes. death. I mean, look. Clearly, it doesn't work out always, but I also imagine that it worked out pretty well until they plugged themselves in. Mm-hmm. Molly goes, n- nods, and, and thanks you and goes back out and sits in the hallway. Oh, now I know what the... Yeah, now I get it. What do you get? Pictograms. That can be player knowledge. I mean, character knowledge. It's fine. You guys rolling checks is, do you get it automatically? If you figure it out as a player, you figure it out as a character. I'm not going to keep that from you. Smallrin has been kind of looking at these buttons, and she goes, Fleet of foot. Strong. Intelligent. Those are the augmentations. I will tell you that if you connect to this mechanism, any of them, like I said, there are six here. Sure. And press any of the buttons. It will give you plus one edge in any of those stats for an hour at the loss of 1d6 points from that pool for the duration. Wow. That's fun. You're getting the feeling that the buttons were pressed too many times and everything was depleted. Especially if he just got out of a fight. Especially if they just got out of a fight. Really sad. Spell out and start patting them down. Mm-hmm. An explorer's pack, partially depleted of, of supplies. Two ciphers. An artifact. And I can tell you what those are in a moment here. A metal ring that when you go to take it off their hand, it hums faintly when you run your finger over it. It's an oddity. And another oddity, a glass box containing a beating synth heart wrapped in gold wire. Oh. That's that's honestly very sweet somehow. That last one surprises Nehemiah a little bit 
and almost drops it, but, like, manages to hold on, and, um, uh, Nehemiah will lay everything out, and, um, if you two want to take a look at any shins and the Explorer's Pack are definitely useful, I don't know about the, the artifact or anything else, but I'm gonna have to take this to Molly. You step out, and Molly's just kind of leaning against the wall, with his hands kind of on either side of his head, just eyes closed. Uh, hey, Mal? Yeah. Um, found it. <sighs> Thank you. I'll hand him the box. Um, and he just up and takes and just kind of, like, holds it in his lap. You two were close, huh? We grew up together. Ugh. That, that sucks. I'm so sorry. Happens. Too often. We were in a dangerous line of work. It, we knew that there was always a possibility that one or both of us would. Yeah. I know from experience that both is easier than one. Take it easy. Yeah. We'll be. Let us know if you need something. Thank you so much for listening to episode 37 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you'll find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes, and on our website at imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you'll be able to find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store, as well as our Patreon, if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd love to thank Nate, Patrick, and Atan for their continued support. If you'd like to help support us in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating and review on whatever podcatcher will let you do so. As always, you can find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And of course, follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenlee, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music by Justin Longacre. This is a ghost-like media production.